Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. an element of disappointment today, at least on the newspapers on the buses, in that Coco Goff got knocked out of Wimbledon. That's too bad. It would be hard for her to get any further after that that uh, match over the weekend. We kind of buried the lead, which is that she's 15. I, she's 15! <laughs> Just absolutely insane. I mean, it's amazing. She's an amazing athlete. It is. It is wild. She looks way too composed, way too tall, strong, etc., to be fifteen. But at the same time, when you did you watch the game the other day? I just saw the highlights. her against Hersog. She was playing like a kid with a bunch of energy. <laughs> well, I mean, she's probably got what fifteen more good years. <laughs> yeah, like, could be. I mean, it's. It is not often, you know, we, we talk about young players in baseball all the time, but they don't have 15 years of top-tier talent left, as opposed to, like, I mean, you know, it's not fair to compare it to a Serena, but Serena, if she was if she was Serena, she would have 20 more years. <laughs> I know, it's wild. <laughs> I, I mean, and and how old is Federa? He's, I, isn't he? I think he's... Old. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, let's... Be careful there, buddy. He's not that much older than we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Other piece of sporting news uh, dropping at 11 p.m. Eastern. Or no, 2 a.m. Eastern? 11 p.m. Pacific? So late. Uh, Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers and just creates an absolute seismic shock around the NBA. I, I, I had come to be resigned to the fact that I thought it was going to be the Lakers. I was resigned. I, I thought that the Lakers were going to get him, and I was really upset. And a whole lot of parody now with him going to the Clips and the uh, Oklahoma being now who knows what. We cannot even begin to know what goes on inside the mind of Kawhi Leonard. No. I think we're going to see scheduling shifts because the NBA can't have can't for East Coast games. I mean, for people in the East Coast, it's, in the it's US, terrible. They can't it's terrible. have every game start at 10 p.m. I mean, they can't have every marquee game start at 10 p.m. It's awful. So I think I think we're going to see a lot of weekend marquee matchups. Yeah, well, that'll be good. That'll shift be some shift some stuff around. I wonder who's going to play on like Christmas and stuff this year. Oh, Lakers Clippers on Christmas. Could you imagine? That would be pretty good. And then probably the sore losers, so Raptors and uh, Thunder. Oh, that'd be so good. The, uh, you know, the, right league, after. the league is notorious for scheduling, you know, for scheduling around TV. <laughs> yeah, they know, they know how to make it uh, must-watch television. They know why they're, why they're pulling down so much money from TV deals. But uh, this is exciting, actually, I think. It uh, gives a lot of incentive to to watch NBA games and I think the Celtics have to be feeling pretty good in uh yeah and that there's no one up at the top of the mountain means that everybody has a shot 
a whole lot of incomplete teams. And a whole lot more of those really good teams are in the West, which is great. Well, we should remember that we are only 10 days into free agency. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Well, I mean, most of the big chips have fallen. But big chips are not what... I mean, yes, you need big chips to win a championship, but you can't win a championship with only big chips. Yeah. I mean, you do have to put other people out there. All right, this week on the pod, we're going to do some All-Star Break content in that we're going to get to the meta level and talk about some of the strategy in TGFBI. And then we're going to talk about one of our backburner projects that Eric put some time in on this week, getting emails out. So here we go. All right, we cheated a little bit and talked about this right before we started recording. But I did an update to our TGFBI correlation matrix. Now things are really starting to stabilize as we're at the all-star break. And, uh, and then I thought we'd talk a little bit about what's going on with our individual teams. So essentially the correlation matrix, what what jumped out? It's a little small here, bud, but it's <laughs> it's this is the, this is great. This shows the correlate correlation matrix shows different stats and how uh know whether or not they're correlated one of my favorite ones to look at of course is runs to at bats <laughs> that that would have been my favorite one to look at uh even if i wasn't just well ahead of everybody <laughs> it is i uh yeah I, I wanted to talk about the correlations in general but we may as well talk about your team which is just breaking the curve here <laughs> My team has a lot of at-bats. I mean, that's sort of just because I hit on a few of the players where it was like, you know, when you're in a, such a deep league like this, you have to hit on the back end on just yep. players who are going to play. So, like, Adam Jones, we knew, like, barely right before the season, he was going to get a whole lot more at-bats than, than he should have. And guys like Rafael Devers, even, I mean, who was supposed to be who could have been sent down? People were thinking right. at the very at right before uh, start of the season. DJ Lemayhew found a home. You know, I got I got lucky. We identified this correlation not that long ago, which was the just the correlation between at bats and and doing well. So I've actually algorithmically been managing my team recently, which is Ooh. dropping the lowest total at bat guy on my team. And replacing him with somebody higher every week just doing it like oh you, you're not accumulating at bats like okay well i mean the league is so it's it's deep enough that i figure if i keep optimizing on that i i might get somewhere you might just churn forward yeah it turns out i should be optimizing on the pitching side on the innings pitch but <laughs> right so that innings pitched is the flip side of this for us yeah. uh Innings pitched to K's to innings pitched. Oof. Wow. It is it's the single strongest correlation of all twelve things that we probe in the correlation matrix. Innings pitched to K's is the strongest. I mean it's point the, the correlation coefficient is point seven two. That is That's pretty darn that's good. Pretty tight. Yeah. That is a pretty yeah. Well, I mean for all kinds of work, yeah. Yeah, so was there anything else that you wanted to say, like, more generally about these correlation coefficients? I mean, it's amazing some of these that, you know, don't have any correlation that we're just really proving, we're disproving the null hypothesis in a way. 
Well, I mean, it's, it, it is interesting that we, I know that we've gotten the noise down enough now that there's basically no correlation between the hitting and pitching statistics. Yeah, ERA and home runs, I'm looking at. Yeah. Oddly enough, no correlation. <laughs> but but that's kind of what you want. The only, I mean, the only thing I was thinking, I was thinking through this, and I kind of threw this out there, which is that I think that if you look at the innings pitched and at bats, I expected there to be an anti-correlation in the sense that mm-hmm. if you were spending your draft picks picking up at bats, you would get fewer innings. We're actually seeing the opposite, which is a positive correlation. The more at bats you have, the more innings you have pitched. My only explanation just, for that is that it's managing. It's managing, and that's the dead teams. I think is what the real effect the dead teams have on yeah. it is that they could be really screwing up some of those distributions, or people that are like have decided like you know what I'm really out on pitching or I'm really out on hitting. Why don't I just at least prove it to myself that I can compete on the other one. <laughs> I think that there might be a couple teams like that. The correlations, now that we're deeper into the season, I kind of feel like there is no outsmarting the conventional wisdom. I don't know. So I guess the theory here is, right, you know, when you first get started into fantasy, what you need to do is know those just those those two basic pieces. Accumulate as many at-bats as possible. Accumulate as many innings pitched as possible, mm-hmm. right? And then, based on league-dependent and also, like, competition-dependent, there is a whole lot of game theory. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, when you get to a, again, a highly skilled group, it's just, again, maximizing at-bats and mass- maximizing innings pitched. The difficulty, then... So you're going back to the basics, but the difficulty is the competition that you're playing against. So it's not, you're not just trying to outsmart other people. It's you're trying to make the moves one one week ahead, etc. Because that, that's like the whole thing, right? It's like we are starting to look at the miners people for the last month of the season and hope that we can get ahead in some of those pickups. Yeah, and I mean, that's the idea there is that that's going to pay off because we'll accumulate extra at-bats or we'll accumulate extra innings pitched. But I think that was actually a really good distillation of, of where we're at. So we both tried to zag pretty hard against the, the zigging of the league. I think it's semi-paying off, but it turns out... You know, your winning percentage is driven by the totally conventional wisdom of accumulate as many at-bats as possible. Yeah. And all I've done is I've done fairly well on at-bats, but I'm getting hammered so hard on the pitching side that I just can't recover. Yeah, I know. You, you need to eh, yeah, you need to make up some lost ground. The big thing is that the two of us are really not you know we're in ahead in the distribution on ERA and WHIP, but like to go to get an extra two hundred points in ERA and WHIP is inconceivable. Yep, there. I mean, we talked about this when we when we did this before that those, and we basically just proved what we were conjecturing at the time, which is that those are those are hard categories to pick up, and they're kind of they're kind of thankless. <laughs> like even if you move up spots, which we both did. 
in ERA and WHIP, the rate that we're moving up is not sufficient to to recover. Uh, no. No, it's not. So I, I don't know. My saves are elite, though. Uh, yeah, your saves are elite, and my saves are fine. I mean, I'm a, I'm on the correct side of the distribution. I mean, if I could move myself to the correct side of the mean on Ks and wins, I would actually be a top hundred team, right? So I don't have we actually have we formally announced that our real goal for the season is to have our net ranking be under a hundred. I thought that we had a higher target than that, but well, let's. We can set stretch goals, but <laughs> so I mean we've we've kind of charted this. We had we had a rough uh, I don't know two weeks recently, <laughs> but we're back we're back at 140 148 or something I think 149. No, I'm 38. Oh, you're... you're 38. I'm 129 right now. Oof. Okay. All right. We gotta we gotta pick it up. Well, actually, you know that means we're basically top half summed together. So that's uh. It's not too bad. Like it? We could do We're still worse. Fine. We could do worse. I think. I mean, I, I've. I feel like I've learned a lesson in that I got burned by trying to be too clever, and I shouldn't have been too clever. I should have just gone for optimizing conventional wisdom. Yeah, and I think that I didn't. Um, I was closer to be able to do the clever, the clever solution, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't hit it right. I needed to make more moves early on. It was, ugh, Andrew Miller ugh. has not been the player that he needed to be. I needed to have John Gant, um, and there are a couple other real best. And uh, Zach Britton has been good, but has not fit the bestardo. Uh, profile and that his whip is higher than it should be and his mm-hmm. K's are far lower than they should right. be. Right. Because the idea was that we would be getting K's at a higher rate than our innings pitch would predict but neither of us is doing that. <laughs> We're both right on the distribution. The other thing is that my um, I needed to have I needed to have three starters that I could rely on yeah to get at kind of full season totals probably average full season totals of somewhere low three ra low one one whip and 200 k's with like real win potential and unfortunately um with carlos martinez coming back and um going to the bullpen and um Jake Arietta with these bone spurs and just like his complete inability to strike people out. Uh, that has submarined that. But I liked, I, I, I still like that strategy because it meant, geez, if I had just hit on one, you know, one more guy, I would be there. Eric and I tried to workshop a name. If anyone has any better ideas, please reach out to us. The half dead teams. So what would we call those? The, I don't know. What's it's not because they're not zombies because they're still being managed. I'm not dead yet. What's like you know they're kind of like Frankenstein teams where yeah I guess so. there is a there is a spark of life there but they're being Dracula Dracula ooh, teams? Dracula teams. All right, all right. We'll we'll workshop well, that. I'm not dead. All right, Michael. So this is again. 
this is a mail merge discussion. Mail merge is a tool in Word that allows you to dynamically update a Word document. Have you used mail merge before? I have not, but I'm I'm ready to learn. I'm not going to be my my normal obstructionist self. Ha, sure. Um, <laughs> you just won't do anything on this. So I've I've spent some time in mail merge and figured out how to get Python to update mail merge with uh, you know just variables. It's kind of fun, um, you know, creating eight hundred or so letters. You know, you know, it's kind of fun just doing this. <laughs> And what we've talked about in the past and what I we what we're trying to implement now really is a kind of a report because we can also um, automate the emailing of something. So the idea is that on Sunday morning, because ad drops are Sunday night, we put together, uh, we have a script that runs that then sends out an email to whoever wants it, which has like a report. And I'm thinking that we start with a picture report and that that report mm. comes, uh, is a mail merge document that Python will go, it'll scrape the appropriate data, it'll do the analyzing and give like a list of players, list of players, some figures. Um, and there, and that's that. And then you send it out. I think that's exactly what we need. I feel, I feel like my current, uh, method of selecting pitchers, particularly in a weekly league, is not robust. <laughs> and I think I want us to do this where we... I'm going to put one roster. I'll put one roster spot up. Should I put two? One starting pitcher roster spot that is uh, whatever the scraper suggests each week. Each week I'll put in a bid and I'll I'll grab her down. Well, that, that's so low stakes because you're not making any. You're not making any statements about you. Uh, you starting them. <laughs> oh, okay. I will. I will add them and put them into my start a starting spot. I will have one starting spot for, um, a a player from this mail merge pitcher list. Okay, so here are the things that I was thinking that we could that we can automate. We have automated this, and we we just need to get it package stuff that's one of the things that i keep on running into this i'm like oh let's work on the mail merch thing it's like ah shit now i have to actually like write up a word document with all of these things and it should have slotted in variables mm -hmm. it's like not really that fun um but the things that i want to include in it are ownership capitures and weekly faux war i need to dust off the faux war to get that in there yeah and we can just i can just start with just like weekly ranks you know until i get full war yeah you know that's that's actually a good point which is that we should start with the simplest thing which is are you overlooking someone in your league who isn't who's who's owned heavily elsewhere but not in your league well i so what i want to do is so what the report is going to have is it's going to have ownership so it's gonna. I want to have a top five of all of these different things. So I just named three different things, and I have some question marks for others. Mm -hmm. But what we'll have is ownership, top five of the week, top five for the season. Ownership is actually just top five for the week. Ownership up, ownership down. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So then it, you, so you can see, you can have the Mangdon 
you know, on the way up, <laughs> you can have whoever else. I think you should check, by the way. I, I believe Mangden is doing another half Mangden he's, right now. He's he's in the middle of a Mangden. <laughs> we know how this ends. <laughs> and then the Capitchers, I want to do the same I do the same thing. So we've two weeks ago we talked about the Capitchers. I want to have, and I have updated the script so that it can actually do just on a week. Mm. See who's had, and we. I might switch it to two weeks so we have something a little bit more smooth. Mm-hmm. You don't want to know that, um, you know, Jared Eikoff was able to K eight Miami Marlins and then base it off of he's the best pitcher. You know, you want it to be. <laughs> Something a little bit uh, truer. Okay, um, and then we'll we'll start with rankings, like just who had the best week. You know, who are who are the pit starting pitchers who had the best week, who are um, under a certain percent owned. Mm-hmm. Should those are so those are three different things that we can implement really fast. And then we'll have to come up with a, a um, metric that combines those things. Oh, maybe it's just like three star. Maybe it's this, my star rankings. I love, are you? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Or we could just do, where are you in the distribution? What percentile percentile are you? So ownership going up, what percentile are you in? Plus what percentile of, uh, Pitching, are you? And then what percentile of rankings are you? I like it. There it is. I mean, it's a first order metric. We got to start somewhere. Well, I think that about brings us to the review session. Victor Robles. Not Hansel Robles. Not Hansel, no. Also own, also ownable, though, as a side note. All right. <laughs> Robles on track this year. Hansel is so hot right now. <laughs> 532 at bats, 86 runs, 68 RBIs. Amazingly, 23 home runs and 22 stolen bases. There are not that many guys on track for a 2020. And a 244 average. Here's the most stunning part to me he's doing this all out of the seven or eight hole. Yeah, he has. He's not gained the trust of the of the organization, full trust. Everybody's like he's the next player, but uh, he still has to earn his lumps. I think in Washington. Who do you move down? Because he's not as fast as Trey Turner, so you might not want him to be one. And for some reason, the Nationals are married to this idea that Brian Dozier is good. They have been holding on to Brian Dozier. Um, what has he been? What was he lately? He's been well. I mean, he's six, so they've moved him out of that top four. It it would be really hard to get into that top four mm-hmm. without an eaten injury, which quite frankly happens. I, I think they. I think in a competitive year, they have to make space for him in the top four. No, what you're saying is for the team. To be, to to be knocking on the door of a hundred wins, they need Robles to deserve to be in the top four. Um, yes, and I he. I think that's more what you're saying. I think he's on the cusp, though. I 
I think he's on the. Is this a Devers type situation where it's just like just give him the at bats and eventually he's just gonna hit the cover off the ball? I I think that's right. I mean he. So this is his first full year in the majors. He played a little bit in August and September of last year. I mean, he looks like a fully formed baseball player. Like, he actually, he moves really well in the outfield. Like, he's a pretty good center fielder. Um, although, yeah, he does look pretty good I out did there. watch the Sunday game, and he he doesn't have what you would call a cannon. Oh, oh, really? Someone's going to... Uh... Look, wow. Here's what no, I actually think he I actually think that he makes up for it in the sense that he threw out who did he throw out? He threw I think he threw out wit at home. And it bounced several times, but it was on the perfect line. He Right. He, it so bounced accurate, from but... it bounced from shallow center, like a you know, on one of those running forward catch and throws that you just see guys, you know, like airmail all the time over the catcher's head. Mm-hmm. And his bounce. I hate those. And his bounce. So right. Like, oh, well, maybe that was better. It's, it's on the line, so you know, maybe that works. Uh, he also hit a home run in that game in the Sunday game versus the Royals, which was I was happy to see. He did. He did not in my game. What, what was his final line in the game? I watched that. Um, oh, man, it looked like like God's fury on the <laughs> yeah. uh, on the game that I watched. Um. They kept on talking about it, like, getting rained out. Oh, it was Friday or something, right? Jay, it was Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. oh you got, you got right believe. on it. Good job, man. Yeah, no, I did. He didn't really do much. Unfortunately, in the game, he didn't really do much. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to do stuff out, out of the 7 and 8. watch him strike out. Kind of hard to do out of the 7 and 8. Well, if you didn't see him strike out, that would be an anomaly because he strikes, I did out, see him strike he strikes out. out 30% of the time. I did see him strike out, and it was a little less. I don't know, you know, who was it? Uh, Azuna, who like struck out <laughs> and like had a strut about it. Yes. Like I meant to do that. That's fine. It's I'm good. You know, I didn't mean to get on base that time. Not the same for Robles. He's still a little bit more. He still looks a little young, which I like. I, I'm I I don't think that that two forty four average. And the prediction that he would be at 278, I, no. I think that there's going to be some batting average improvement here. Oh, you do? I kind of think, I I disagree, actually. I think that, I think there will be some improvement, but I think 270 is way too high. Oh, I don't think, no, I, I'm, say, I'm not saying that. I think there's going to be regression to the mean. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean that he can get back to okay. it at this point. We're already way too far into the well, season. I, but if he could have that, I just don't think he's that difference. I just don't think he's a native two seventy hitter. Oh, without a change. Oh, you think that we're seeing that the skill set is? I, I mean, I, I kind of think so. He is. He has a really nice swing. I mean, it was like enjoyable to watch him swing the bat. That leg kick isn't going to last forever. No, no, no. That's that's a twenty two year old's leg kick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you see this statistic though? He's had 19 bunts this year, and seven of those are bunt hits. Like he's he's really trying to bunt his way onto base. I'm fine with that. Spent a little bit too much time with Trey Turner, I guess. If you space them out perfectly in the order, that could actually work. You know, <laughs> just bunt every three hitters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, yeah. If you had the number one, and then like number five, and then you had the pitcher, yeah. Bunting. That'd be great. 
What's wrong with that? That'd be good. I'm in. So I. So would you sell the farm for him on a keeper league? Uh, not the farm. No. Okay. Would you sell your? If you're out of it this year, would you sell a borderline keeper this year for? Well, I would. Robles? I would 100% sell Adam Eaton for Robles. Okay, that's I, Adam Eaton is not a borderline keeper. Okay, I would sell. Uh, let's see, who? Give me, give me your tier of borderline keepers here. I mean, I would sell any. I would sell anyone who's over the age of twenty six who's underperforming for him. <laughs> over the age of twenty six. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Bryce Harper. I would sell Bryce Harper for Robles. Yeah. Lindor. Yeah, I would. Blackman. Oof, that's a tough one. You got his age. His age is you got. I think you, I think you do have to do it. I was gonna say it depends a little bit on his contract, but yeah, I would do it. Will you tell me who we're gonna watch this week? That was a fun one, though. It was enjoyable. You gonna find us someone else enjoyable? I watched a, a Brewers game and I want to go back. Do you wanna you wanna be Christian? Oh, I. I mean, I didn't. I dared to dream that you might suggest Yelich. <laughs> when it's you too said, Christian Yelich. When you said the Brewers, I, I dared to dream. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is... We're select to you, buddy. We're select to you too. Yeah.